0: Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans for fans of North Milwaukee Brewers. Welcome back, Brewer fans. This is the Brew Crew Review Podcast, and we're uh, coming at you today. Uh, it's myself and Scott. How are you doing, Scott?
1: Not bad, not bad. Couldn't ask for uh,
0: much more out of that series, huh? Nope. Our colleagues Chad Collins uh, and Vince Ruddock not be with us uh, today. Um, Vince is in some faraway country doing great things, I'm sure. And Chad is probably in some type of forage John somewhere locally in the West Dallas area also doing great things or really the opposite of that. So anyway – Uh, Moving right along, yes, the Milwaukee Brewers are going to the National League Championship Series, only their third championship series appearance in their near-50-year history, and they did it by sweeping the Colorado Rockies three games in the NLDS, um, and they've now won 11 consecutive games, Scott. One win away from getting the George Webb's hamburgers for free. This has not happened since 1987 that's 31 years both scott and i were much younger fellers back then um still collecting baseball cards i believe so it's been quite a while um and this is amazing and uh pretty fired up about it so what are your thoughts on the how the brewers got to this point scott well i
1: guess uh First of all, if you're a bandwagoner uh, just jumping on the Brewers' bandwagon, this is a perfect storm for you because not only are the Brewers, you know, obviously trying to fight for their right to get to the World Series, but they're also there's free hamburgers at the stake. So there's there's kind of a lot going on.
0: <laughs> so let's rewind for just a second before we recap the awesome sweep the Brewers has had in the NLDS over the Rockies. Um Going back to a couple of podcasts ago, um, the Brewers had just started this 11-game winning streak uh, by winning. Um, I think they had a one-game winning streak at the time when we were starting a three-game series in St. Louis, which we had already earmarked as the biggest series for the Brewers in September, on the road last season. Both the Cardinals and Cubs are still jockeying for first place and playoff spots at that point. Going into that podcast, Scott, and this was only a couple weeks ago, We, uh, at the Brooker, we were not even 100% confident that the Brewers were going to be a playoff team. I, myself, was. I I felt that we were going to at least be a wild card team. And I, I was actually pretty excited about the possibility of the Brewers hosting the wild card game at Miller Park just so I could go to another Brewers a playoff game here in Milwaukee and uh, boy have things turned for the better since then um, unbelievable yeah I think Ten I
1: predicted consen- we were I'm, I'm pretty sure I predicted that we were going to lose 2-3 in St. Louis but I still felt that we were going to make the wild card but just to quote run the table um, it was uh, kind of ridiculous
0: and I mean the confidence and the momentum the Brewers have going up to this point is I think something that you can't really put a value on. And I think that it's going to be really uh, give the Brewers an opportunity to reach the world series for the first time in 38 years. Uh, so I'm pretty excited about that. and I'm sure all Brewer fans are. Um, how are we doing it? Um, well, First of all, obviously, we swept the Tigers. We swept the Cardinals on the road. We swept the Tigers at home to finish the season. Fourth of game, 163 against the Cubs. Went down to Wrigley, beat the Cubs, knocked them in the wildcard game. The Rockies knocked them completely out of the playoffs. Boo-hoo. The Brewers moving on. Home field vans throughout the NL playoffs. And that came into the play right away in the uh, NLDS. We took the first three games in Milwaukee. Uh, started off with a bullpen game. Then um, Justina Miley took care of the rest. And the Brewers, unbelievable pitching in that series. In the three games uh, against the Rockies, and I believe it was because they were one 10-inning game, that was 28 innings. The Rockies only scored two runs. They only scored, the high power Rockies offense only scored in one inning. The ninth inning against Jeremy Jefferson game one, which I happened to attend. Mike Mustakis came through and walked us off for a victory that gave us the, to propelled us through the rest of the series. We swept the Rockies. They went home and just, they can't, they didn't know what hit them, Scott. Like it was unbelievable. How is our pitching this good?
1: I don't know, but it, it really seems like uh, Craig Council and, and David Sirs have a plan, and it certainly seems like it's working so far. I mean, just a great job of juggling the pen, uh, putting in people in the right situations. I mean, even Jeffers, you could say, it was kind of a tough luck inning, although it couldn't have been that tough luck because we were about a millimeter away from uh, giving Charlie Blackman a double that would have completely changed the outcome, uh, or I guess not necessarily the outcome, but just the – the look overall of that game. So, uh, overall just, yeah, absolutely phenomenal.
0: So the great thing about the way that the Brewers are built to me with this great bullpen that includes four former closers, all with all-star level, um, play, you've got Corey Knebel Now you've got, back and looking like it's his 2017 form, which was basically one of the greatest for the league seasons ever. You've got uh, Joaquin Saria, who has been also a former holder, all-star, been great in his role. You've got Jeremy Jeffers, who's actually doing the closing duties now. He had a little bit of hiccup in game one, came back in game two. Craig Council showed in the comments, gave him two innings, a two-inning save. He locked that down. Then you've got Josh Hader, the most dominant left-handed pitcher, uh, reliever in baseball, the most lethal weapon of any bullpen possibly ever. I mean, I don't want to be throwing out super, super. Uh, I mean, Mariano Rivera type comps or anything like that. But I mean, Josh Hader is better than Andrew Miller. He's better than any other lefty. He's a weapon that strikes fear in the opponents late game. If you have, if you're down a run or two against Milwaukee Brewers, anytime past the sixth inning and Josh Hader is available, you're in, you're in trouble. So, uh, it's unbelievable. The recipe has worked and the Brewers have not lost in quite a long time. Now the momentum that they have going into the series, which, uh, we're going to preview in this episode, Brewers against the Los Angeles Dodgers, the winner of the seven game series will go advance to the World Series. Game one, Clayton Kershaw, game two at Miller Park. Walker Bueller. the Brewers still have not announced their starters yet. Um, there is a four-game layoff. The Brewers uh, wrapped up their series uh, this previous Sunday, and game one does not start till Friday. Do you have any concerns about that little bit of a layoff um, kind of halting the Brewers' obviously 11-game win streak momentum, or do you think that it was a nice time to rest the arm, so to speak, and get them? ready for this series.
1: I mean, if, if it were up to me, I mean, I, I guess I would hope that the layoff would only be a couple of days, but, um, I mean, both teams are going to have to have the same amount of rust, I guess, if, if there even is any, I don't expect it to be much of a factor at all.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, Scott. I mean, the Dodgers also wrapped up their series on Monday by taking, uh, their season against the Braves, three games to one, um, and unfortunately they didn't get forced to game five so Clayton Kershaw is available for game one and the Brewers will see him multiple times uh uh, you know most likely through that series but that was the Brewers have fared fairly well against Clayton Kershaw and he also has quite a poor track record in the postseason overall I believe he's sporting an over four ERA in his postseason career so that could change any moment because he is uber talented but um the Brewer Bats, I mean, the pitching, we're obviously very confident in that, and the Brewer Bats have to be alive more so than they have been, though, uh, through that Rocky series. For our for, through our, uh, game 163 and the, th- and the three games against Car- the Rock, because we did win all four of those games, but we're averaging only four runs a game through those last four contests. Uh, I think our Bats are going to have to do a little bit better than that if we, we if we want to win this series, and um at, you know, against the Dodgers, who are to me a superior team than the Rockies. Um, and they have, they have great depth. Uh, their starting pitching is pretty unbelievable. And their bullpen, I think, is better than the Rockies, or just, at least on par, if not better than the Rockies as well. And they have a deep bench similar to ours. I, I think we match up pretty well against the Dodgers. Uh, but, um, it does scare me a little bit that they have David Freeze on their roster because the last time we were in the National League Championship Series against the, St. Louis Cardinals, David Freeze was a complete Berber killer. Uh and I don't I would like to see him strike out every at bat if he gets any during this series. But anyway, with that being said, uh this Dodger team is definitely dangerous. They added and Machado at the trade trade deadline. Uh, obviously, uh, everyone probably knows that their em- emerging star shortstop Corey Seeger was out for the season. Um, and that's why they went out and required Manny Machado to play shorts and he's been having a pretty good postseason so far and uh, he's quite the weapon for them to add to a team with this limitless payroll and you know, uber talented arms Um so but I think the Brewers and Stern I think built this team with such you know varieties that, I that he can come after them with like right handed batters off the bench uh, that uh I think we can hang with them for sure and I, and I'm going to you know, we'll do our predictions on this podcast, but I really feel the Brewers have momentum on their side. And I don't think the national media knows what to think of them. And when they look at the starters that we can't even name our starters for games one and game two, because Council honestly probably doesn't even know who they are. I mean, that's why it's not not like he's doing tricks or anything. I don't think he even himself knows who they are. I would throw out there that Justine would most likely start game one or two I'll predict that one of the other two games, possibly game two would probably be a bullpen game similar to how we let out the Rockies series just because, you know, we do have an off day uh, after game two. So we are both we'll get some rest if we do do a bullpen game game two. I, I'm going to predict also that we're in, in Dodger Stadium in games three and four, they're going to most likely start in those games lefty, uh, Ryu and Rich Hill in those games for the Dodgers. and I think we're going to counter with our two lefties, uh, Wade Miley and most likely Gio Gonzalez. I don't know in what order or anything, but I really think those are the first four games. Uh, that would be my guess on what's going to, um, what's going to go down But, uh, what are your thoughts overall on the pitching matchups and, um, how council is going to attack this,
1: I guess? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if there's a bullpen game in the first two games. Um, I, I think it's entirely possible. It could wind up even being game one. I mean, it could be the type of thing where, you know, we throw somebody out there in game one, and if they get a lead, we might literally just punt the game and say, "Oh well, let's uh, let's have Hater for multiple innings the following day." But actually, that kind of leads uh, to my question. Uh, Council has not really been interested in throwing. Multiple innings of hater on back-to-back days, um, but hey, we're you know we're uh, a couple games from a World Series here. So I think at this point, it, I'll I'll ask you your opinion of it. But I think at this point, uh, I think if you had to ask Hader to throw two innings every single game in this series, I would still say that that's got to be done. I, I think that this is crunch time and uh, there's no point in saving anybody. You've been saving people for this, and this is the moment.
0: Not only, I agree with you completely, Scott. Not only could it be done, it absolutely should be done. I mean, there's built in off days. There's, if this game goes six or seven games, there's going to be two off days in between those. That's much more than the burger them to uh, during the regular season when we got by with similar, uh, you know, setup. Obviously, uh, we, we don't have the luxury we did in September to have such a deep, uh, you know, 40 man, uh, you know, roster to, to work with to expand our roster. We're back down to 25 and there's some quite a few good players that we've had to leave off. The 25 man. But with that being said, uh, yeah, Josh Hader. He, this is the playoffs. He can. He's available every day for two innings, if need be. I mean, there's some. Obviously, if there's in one of the twins, he throws like 50 pitchers. pitches that's gonna put him in danger of being less effective the next day. So obviously, there's gonna be some, you know, uh, some things to consider. But with that being, you know, with that being said, yeah, this is the playoffs. There is no tomorrow. You, you burn out these arms. They can. Go recover during the off season or whatever, you know, overall. So there's, I don't think we're going to hesitate to bring them, bring them in for mul- for multiple innings, like you're saying. I was a little surprised one of the games against the Rockies, he actually brought a hater just to to, to uh, get one batter, one lefty out and then took him out. Uh, and so I, I don't foresee that. If hater's coming I expect him to go more than one inning and uh, in pretty much every outing he's out there. But, you know, it all depends on, uh, on on when we're going through the heart of their lineup. And I I think that's the luxury of having this. He's almost like a roving closer, but he's beyond an elite closer. He's like, you know, it's just that's what makes him such a really unbelievable weapon because if there's a rally started anywhere after the sixth inning, middle lineup, whatever, you put this guy in and the fire is completely put out. And that's quite – it's kind of innovative. Obviously, the Brewers using him that in that – but I, I think it's really valuable home playoff time, and I think it's going to factor in huge.
1: Yeah, I think even when we've looked at um, you know people that are used to just working one one inning, like uh, you know Robles Chapman or um, somebody like that, I guess they they've always said that they're going to you know in, in the playoffs they go out there for multiple innings too, and so you're not really saving them for anything. Um, I'm thinking back, um, I forget what it was. I think it was in July that maybe early august i forget but there was definitely a series where um we went through like a 12 day span where we hardly used jefferson hater at all just because um we were saving them and we're not going to bring them out there when we're behind and i think that that philosophy also goes completely out the window now too um we're not you know there's no point in saving them for tomorrow because you might not get a chance tomorrow so it's definitely a time to end up and get those innings
0: I think three or four years from now, when we look back at this postseason, Scott, um, on our podcast then or whatever, I think we're going to be stunned with the actual amount of talent that was on this team because I believe that Freddie Peralta, Corbin Burns, and Brandon Woodruff are the young X-factors in this whole equation. Uh, these guys that are going to take up multiple innings in the middle of a game that are very, very valuable, um, especially when we do these bullpen games. I think in a couple of years from now, they're going to be fixtures in the Brewers rotation and, and good ones at that, especially Burns and Peralta. Um, well, what will a but I mean, for the most part, I really see those guys being stuck, star- future starters, and they're going to be used in like two or three innings a piece when needed, when necessary, uh, you know, given that they all make the roster um, for this uh, NLCS too. But I mean, we saw Freddie Peralta come up huge uh, in that first Cardinals uh, bullpen game that we started with uh, ten games ago, and and then the same thing in game one against the Rockies. You know, um, both Burns and Woodruff pitched greats. Uh, Woodruff started that game or was an opener, whatever you call it. He pitched a three great innings. Burns pitched a couple, um, and Burns also came in game three of this AL, or NLBS series awesomely well on in the road in the thin air of Colorado, too. So, I mean, that guy's just got ice running through his veins as a young guy, and he pitches like a veteran and really happy for his future as a brewer. But I think those guys are just as valuable because with their young inexperienced, I think telling them they're only going to, you know, face six batters, we need to get six outs or something like that every time they take the ball, I think that they, it has a different mentality than canning the ball to a young of like, well, i got to go through this pretty much all star lineup uh always and try to get this team through the f through five innings. Well, we're not asking you to do that. We're asking you for a couple of awesome innings. I think it really takes the pressure off those guys and they're really coming through for us. And it it's this formula is working out really well. Amazingly. And just like we were flummoxed by the possibility of it earlier in the season, the national media now is looking at this like I mean, the, the Dodgers are throwing out these uber all-star pitchers and we're just like, oh, we'll just toss in some openers from our bullpen and this is the matchup. Like, I, I don't even think the biggest people know how to, to set the betting lines on these games or whatever because, because the pitching matchups are so going to be so ridiculous. So I, I don't know. It, it's going to be an interesting series. Um, I guess what, what are you, what do you think are the other factors in how the Brewers are going to get to the World Series this year? Scott, what's map happen in a series? sides of the bullpen, continue to dominate those middle X-factor guys, continue to do their job. Obviously the actual openers or starters what do you want to call them? like Justine, Miley, uh, Gonzalez guys we want to go four or five good innings minimally before we turn over the bullpen. Those guys have to continue to pitch well too. Um, what, what are your other main factors? Obviously we have NL MVPs. Christian Yelich on our side who's also hit Kershaw amazingly well as a left-hander. Um, what a weapon he's going to be! What are what, what are what are your other factors that you think are really going to push the Brewers over the top, or that needs to happen for the Brewers to advance?
1: Well, both teams are incredibly deep, and uh, because of that, there's going to be a lot of platooning, a lot of pitching changes, a lot of matchups, and I think it really just comes down to this. Sounds really cliche, but um, you know, these a lot of our pitchers are going to be in there just for you know potentially a batter or two, um, close and late. And, uh, if, if that's what it is, then you're going to have to basically get your guy out. You know, what I mean, the, it's going to be a scenario where, yeah, you're only going to face a couple guys and you're going to have to, you know, obviously step up. Um, I actually think that it's going to completely come down to our pitching. Um, it, our pitching has carried us throughout. I mean, they've proven time and time again that if this team can scratch across three or four runs, that, that should be enough to win. And I'm really hoping that that's the case uh, this time as well. I also think, actually, just on a, a little bit of a side note, I mean, is this going to be like, for example, um, I guess you could say to a to a lesser extent, Billy Bean, but um, but David Stern is actually showing that like you don't necessarily need an ace, and in fact, as a small market, you probably can't afford an ace or to invest that much money in an ace uh, to be able to get deep into the playoffs. It makes me wonder if. That's going to be the way uh, sort of of the future for the small markets, but I don't know.
0: It's definitely something that is completely not been seen before, like this good and deep of a bullpen. Whereas, conversely, um, this kind of starting rotation that lacks um, lacks brand name pitchers. I mean, these guys, uh, Gio Gonzalez, are probably the most well-known talented pitcher, you know, out of this group going into the year or, you know, with his the track record as a veteran over 16, who's pretty much this year and a little bit last year had a breakout. um Wade Miley, his complete career was up and down. And he had one good year, I think with the diamondbacks and he had second year in the league. And beyond that, he's been pretty atrocious. So for these guys to be kind of our top three starters, none of these, I mean, it's just unbelievable, and I think that uh, you know, Dodger fans are probably almost looking beyond the Brewers and to the World Series because because of it. But in seven games, I believe this year against the Dodgers, the Brewers did win three of the games. I think that we have we've beaten Kershaw before. I, you know, we're gonna have to face him probably twice. He is not scare me that much. I, I think the key to the whole series is going to be actually our offense and specifically our right-handed bat. First of all. Lorenzo Cain, he's got to step it up. In the last week, even during this uh, awesome winning streak, he really has not looked like himself. He's struggling a little bit. He needs to turn around immediately, especially with going against all these left-handers, starters and stuff. And then, of course, Ryan Braun. He he lives for games like this. I have no worries about Ryan Braun. In fact, he you know he thrives in this environment, so I feel he's going to get clutch hits when, when necessary. Hopefully he doesn't make boneheaded running mistakes like he kind of did in the last series, but Anyway, moving on, Ryan Braun's going to be awesome. Um, the other place where we have right-handed bats, Orlando Garcia has a little bit of a, a hot streak going. He's going to be key to still get our our two right-handed catchers. Obviously, you're going to have to uh contribute. Now, here's the thing. I'm thinking with these left-hand starters that, unfortunately, Jonathan Scope is probably going to get some starts at second over Travis Shaw, and he really needs to step up. I mean – look at his numbers as a brewer brewer. he hit pretty much near or below the Mendoza line his OPS was terrible his OPS was just atrocious like he's just been terrible as a brewer and pretty much his whole season even with the Orioles combined is not a good year he does have it in him he had a great year last year at Baltimore and I think he's talented, but when you look at his individual at bats, he just does not seem to be putting together a good at bats right now. So maybe it's a mental thing right now. But we really need him to turn it on, and um and he could be a key player in this whole series. And unfortunately, that 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 worries me. But I, I think he he could be definitely a key contributor. And whoever else, the other right-handed outfielder we leave on the roster probably beside left-handed Curtis Granderson, that whether it be most likely Keon Broxton over. Dominguez Santana may have both down, I'm not sure yet. But both or, both or either of those guys have got to come through for us, too. I mean, Keon Broxton came up with runners in second and third in one of the games um, and struck out on like three pitches that looked terrible. Um, we really need to contact, and that that did not come through for us. But that being said, when he doesn't have those pressure situations, like when we were up by four runs, ready, he had a nice home run in Colorado in game three. Those are the kind of situations in Fox and Verizon. And we need these clutch hits, guys on base, less than two outs, or or whatever. We we need clutch hits from our right-handed batters in this series, I believe. Um, and, and other guys, I think that are just perfect to have on a playoff roster, like Curtis Granderson. When he has his pinch hits, he knows how to get on base. He's left-handed. He can come in against the right-handed bullpen guys, like you know, late in the game, can't really dance Jansen their closer or whatever if we're down a run or something like that. Uh Curtis Anderson is the perfect guy to put in there to start something going and you know so there's we have some really nice deep reps ourselves I think offensively we match up fairly well um, to the Dodgers in fact I would take our offense over, overall with his depth over the Dodgers so I think that we have an advantage offensively I think we have an advantage in the bullpen our obvious huge disparity is the starting pitching where they have a huge advantage especially just with Kershaw alone but I think that whole X factor in the series of those guys that I mentioned earlier, Burns, Wood, Woodruff, and Prota. If they get through this series without giving up bronze with their outs that they need to get, I think we're going to be in really good shape and we're going to go into our second World Series in Brewer's history. I'm going to predict the Brewer's are actually going to win this in six games. What are your thoughts, Scott? What are your predictions?
1: Um, You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Brewers in seven because really just because of home field advantage. And when you think about it, uh, think about what a potentially tougher road it would have been if we wouldn't have gone on that ridiculous winning streak and then beaten uh, the Cubs at Wrigley to be able to win that division. I mean, we'd be talking about a wild card game um, instead uh, of being in that wild card game. The Rockies wind up eventually winning that wild card game, but they wind up burning up all of their arms because they had to play just the day before, and uh, I believe it was extra innings. And so, yeah, and uh, it winds up, not only do we have that, but we have home field throughout uh, throughout this run all the way uh, up to the World Series anyway. So uh, to be able to have all of that happen uh, is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, so I'll say Brewers in seven. Uh, the only other thing I kind of wanted to bring up, uh, the difference between uh, the Rockies and the Dodgers, um, I have absolutely no stats to prove this whatsoever, but um, I really felt that, um, well, think about this. When, when you're a little kid and you're practicing, uh you know, you're just throwing up a baseball or, or whatever it is in the backyard, uh nobody nobody stands there and goes, here's the 3-2 pitch, and he takes it for ball four. Unbelievable. Nobody does that. You know, obviously you're going to, like, the, you want to swing the bat. You want to hit the ball far the way it is ever since you grew up, obviously, ever since you're a little kid, but um, I think that the Brewers overall really played on the aggressiveness of Rockies hitters, and I think there were a lot of instances where Rockies hitters were getting themselves out because uh, Brewer pitching was throwing pitches that weren't strikes, but they're just throwing pitches that um, are off speed or dive out of the zone, and I think it got a lot of Rockies hitters out. I really think that Dodger hitters are a little bit more uh, patient at the plate, maybe a little bit seasoned veteran types, uh, That that's going to be a lot harder to do this go-around. But I guess we'll find out.
0: Yeah. And, they, I mean, they do have the one guy that scares me on their team, besides David Preece. Because um, Chris Taylor, uh, because I remember during the regular season, he had a couple, like, uh, at least one three- or four-hit game against the Brewers, and I'm like, we just cannot get this guy out. Um, and he scares me a little bit because he can get on base at the top of their lineup. Even Kiki Hernandez, uh, who's at this point kind of platooning at second base with Brian Dozier. Brian Dozier could be their X-Factor. Uh, he was acquired similarly like we acquired Scope to improve their second base has been pretty much almost regular, just like Scopes, almost bench duty uh, because of how poorly he's hit since the acquisition. So I think that, uh, again, if we're going to throw a couple left keys, uh, that most likely means Brian Dozier is going to factor into this from their side. So I think he's a key from their end. Obviously, their bullpen, besides Canley's Jansen, uh, their setup guys, I don't think they have as strong with the guys as they did last year when they made a run all the way to the World Series. Already, I think that they're weakened kind of at the back of their bullpen. Besides that, so I think they're vulnerable there. I think we can get to, to them as, as we lead up the, the closer spot because. Um, so I think that's going to be a key, and yeah, I, I think still we do have to score runs out their starters though, and uh, it's Kershaw, Bueller, Hill. And Ryu, we've got to score off those guys. And they even have Alex Wood, another lefty, who is normally was a starter, who's could factor in in those middle innings or uh, everything, too. Now, now, the one thing that did make me realize, I actually attended game one of the NLDS, like I mentioned, the walk-off from Osaka. It was an awesome game. However, uh, there was some stress involved in that. Obviously, the Rockies coming back on Jeffers and tying it up after we were leading the, the whole game and whatnot. But... um Going into extras, if we go past that tenth inning where the walk-off happened, to me, I was like, "Well, the Brewers are in trouble here because we're gonna have to go to like Junior Guerra and have him pitch pretty much the rest of the game." I mean, yeah. because because of the fact that we cannot really burn through any more arms, and we've we started this with a quote unquote. If you have a quote unquote bullpen game that goes into extra innings, your team's in trouble. Yep, in my <laughs> opinion. So. So I think that, uh, it makes sense, more sense to these quote unquote bullpen games at home because of that, because that way you could walk it off and not have to extend deep into extra innings, um with these guys. So it, anyway, um with that being said, Dean here does that have the ability to eat up multiple innings, but usually when you're playing late in games where a run would mean the difference in your season and the postseason, you don't you want to have still some bullpen options. So that, that's one drawback of these bullpen games is that you want to try to avoid going to extra innings, it seems, but, uh, we shall see. Um, it definitely fired up about the series. Home field band is huge. So I think again, that game one, setting the tone is going to be big. Whether or not, you know, we've got to at least win one game in Milwaukee, most likely two of them. I mean, the first two games, I should say. Before we head out to L.A., I think that's going to be big. Um, I, I'm not – I think we can win on the road, though, and I really think just the momentum is on us. Uh, that's why I think that – the Bre- I, would, I mean, at this point, I wouldn't be shocked that the Brewers completely swept the Dodgers. We're that hot. Um, I don't foresee that happening. Like I said, I'm going to predict it with six. Um, and I just don't know. This it, it feels like a dream ride and that it, the house of cards could come crashing down with one – uh, terrible Wade Miley start or something, but, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't think, I think Console's going to play it really smart. If anyone shows they don't have it, he's going to go to someone else because we have so many options, uh, of guys that can pitch multiple innings, including those X factor guys I talked about. If, if someone doesn't have it, go to one of those guys and say, okay, we're going to need you. to Get more than six outs here, buddy. Um, and that's fine. And I think that these guys are going to step up. I really have this gut feeling that that Freddy Peralta is going to somehow, uh, granted he doesn't make a 25-man roster again, he's going to somehow factor in huge like he did in that, that first Cardinals game, bullpen game that we we refer to. So anyway.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, when you think about like just the, the role players that have really stepped up, and it's so funny because listening to the national telecast, they're talking about, Oh, wow. Did you know, like, uh, like they, they just have like some quip about how, oh, this Brewer player didn't have a home and then they, uh, you know, overcame adversity and wound up being on the roster. And, you know, they mentioned it for Arcea. They mentioned it for Kratz. Um, I, I don't know. There's several other guys. Jesse, and I think they were like, Oh, yeah, they signed him. They didn't expect Miley, obviously. Um, I mean, there's so many guys like that that, you know, have stepped up and, um, I don't know. It was just, Very, very interesting just to hear all that and just go through it and figure out what exactly these guys are trying to come up with. Um, It did suck to – Well, well, most of our team, the core
0: players on our team have been acquired, well, besides the the Kane signing, uh, via trades, via acquisitions off the scrap heap, so to speak. Um, and, And I think that's the amazing part about the Brewers' run is I don't think anyone saw this coming because of that. Um, I think it said that only 17% of the brewers, uh, war, I read this, that only like 17% of the brewers, WAR, war, uh, W-A-R um, um stats or whatever have come from homegrown players this year. So most of them are guys that have been, you know, acquired via trade or, you know, not that much of it has come out through our system. Um, really, I mean, you've got Arcia, you've got Carbon Burns, but if you look at the rest of them, I mean, we acquired Chase Anderson, we acquired Kyle Davies, we, we signed um, which we, we basically took Wade Miley off the scrap heap, we traded for Gio Gonzalez, um, pretty much everyone in our starting rotation, and then you look at the same thing with the hitters, I mean, obviously trade for Yelts, this is humongous, um, but even the rest, you know, some of the other guys, we, we pretty much brought Saints back from Japan, we just traded for granderson um we traded for domingo santana uh i mean once again not that many of these core players these core players outside of us their longtime franchise player ryan Braun. um there's really not that much homegrown talent so to speak to gas at this point and i think that's a rare thing for a world series team um or i mean for and and that's why i think people are still doubting us getting to that point the fact that we're this far along and that we've got the momentum behind us, uh, just the mere fact that we have not, I think we only lost two games in a row one time in, in September really bodes well for a playoff series. I mean, because I think if we lose one game, we're going to come back and win the next night and that's huge. And, uh, like I said, we really need to start that first game off with a win. I think it's going to be huge, setting like the tone for the series and uh, putting the pressure on the other team. It's so hard to be a fan when you are behind in a playoff series. You really feel like your, your back's against the wall. And I think it's similar with the players where you start to press a little bit. And I think that's what happened kind of with the Rockies. They almost came back to win that game one, but then they lost anyway. And then the rest of the time they, I saw that they were pressing like, okay, it's five game series. We cannot afford it without O2. So we're going to have to win this game. they pressed in game two, backs completely up against the wall in game three and no pressure on the Brewers. Wade Miley goes up there and just shuts them down and, Um, then that's it. I mean, that, so I think that's really key at the beginning of the series to kind of get that, get that lead. And the Brewers have, even in the individual games, in the microcosm of that, to get that lead early on with our bullpen is just awesome mentally to put pressure on the other team. I mean, in all those games, in fact, the Brewers have not actually been, have not been trailing in a game since September. Saturday, September 28th, or tw- was it 29th? That's the last time we've been trailing after the, when we played the second game uh, last time the of the year against the uh, the Tigers. We have not trailed at all since then in any game. And I think that's huge with our bullpen looming uh, with those four closers that we have in the back of the bullpen, Hader being one of them. I think that's really huge and puts tons of pressure on the other other team and it can can force them to press to try to you know scratch away hits or whatever and get back in it and you know you know it's, I think it's really nerve-wracking we can't put ourselves in that position um because I don't think our offense is that much of like a comeback offense or whatnot I mean I think we have the firepower but we've not shown the huge rallies or anything like that but so I, I just think it's so important mentally to get out to early leads in games and early lead in the series and put all the pressure on the other team and I think that's when the Brewers are gonna really thrive and I hope that continues.
1: Yeah, I think um, you know, obviously it doesn't bode well for for your team in a series when um, you're out hit by Orlando Arcia and Eric Kratz. Nothing against those guys but nobody expects them uh you know to have you know three hits, four hits in a game and um, yeah nobody on the Rockies was able to really do much of anything against our pitching, which um, is just absolutely ridiculous. So, I mean, obviously you think, hey, if we do the same thing, we're going to the World Series. I mean, that's easy enough. I mean, giving up two runs in three three games, insane. And
0: and I think that in, in a weird way going into this, the Brewers have advantage because they do have home field advantage for this series. They do. They are extreme underdogs, so they don't have as much pressure on them. Uh, as the dodgers do in my opinion the dodgers were the world series last year and they didn't win it their fans are expecting them to, to get us to just step over the brewers get back there and try to win it again i think they're going to overlook the brewers a little bit and they're going to be taken aback by the fact of how good we actually are and i think it's going to really bode well for us um you know with again the momentum that we have 11 game winning streak unbelievable just unbelievable
1: yeah, and when you mentioned, uh, uh, Kelly Jansen earlier, I mean, there's probably six guys in our bullpen alone that I trust more than that guy, um, right now. I mean, he's just, I don't know. You just, you don't know what you're going to get with that guy. And I, I wouldn't trust him at all to be my closer at this point, but, uh, the Dodgers have kind of stuck with him in part because they don't have a better option. And I guess that's, uh, that says a lot about the strength. Uh, the depth of the Brewers bullpen, because, you know, if something happens like that, we have other people to step up.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, whatever we do throughout there, our starters it just has to hang in with their counterpart for the first three to five innings of the game. If that's what they're asked to do. They have to hang with them and not get behind. I mean, the Brewers get behind by three or four runs before the fifth inning. It's a whole different ball game because it takes some other element. They're not going to be able to utilize their bullpen to full effectiveness And, you know, uh, I think it's really important for the, for us to either have a small lead going into those middle innings or at least be close to a tie game like it was against the Cubs in game 163 where it was 1-1. I still had uber confidence when it was 1-1 we were going to win that game because we had a better bullpen than the Cubs, period. And that's exactly how it played out. So I feel the same way about the Dodgers. We have a better bullpen. And like you said, I, I think all four of our – quote-unquote closers are better than Canley Jansen at this point point. Um, and they've shown it so um, that's fine you know I think it's the starters on the dotter there that are obviously the things that we just have to get beyond and outside of Kershaw I, I have a ton of respect for Buehler I think he's gonna be future ace also uh, but the other guys uh, Hill and Ryu I, I'm fine I think the Brewers can hit them so it's it's really just if we continue to be able to beat Kershaw, I think this is going to be over pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, actually, and and when it comes down to to facing a a guy like Kershaw, who, like you mentioned, hasn't had a lot of postseason success, but at the same time, I mean, everybody knows that he's one of the most dominant pitchers in the league. Um, Having said that, what approach would you take with him? Because there's kind of two schools of thought here. You could, number one... You could try to be patient with him, grind out those at-bats, and get his pitch count up in hopes to get to the bullpen early. But Kershaw doesn't really walk, guys, so I'm not sure that that's the best option. The other option is you could try to be aggressive, knowing that the first pitch you get from Kershaw is probably going to be the best pitch, uh, the most hittable pitch, anyway, that you'll get from him. Um, you could try to tee off on that, but if you do that um, and you don't get those hits, Kershaw going to throw a complete game against you. So what I, I'm just interested in in hearing what what approach he would take.
0: I would say the third of those options that you mentioned that try to get to him early in the count because, like you said, he's not going to go to th- three ball two strike counts. He's if, if he even goes one one two two on you, he's taking you out. I mean, he's not going to go, he very rarely goes to three ball counts even. I mean, he's not a nibbler. He's going to attack you, so you attack him back early in the count uh i'm fine with yeah you run the risk of mbl to go further innings if you're just you know rolling over on ground balls but you could also start up a rally real early and like i said that's huge for motivation i mean this is the playoffs you're there to swing the bat you're you're i mean obviously you want to put together good at bats but you, you have to have an approach like you said and um i think every batter is gonna have their own approach you know it's not like the pitching coach or i mean, the hitting coach is going to take yeah. everyone's side okay i want you swinging at the first pitch because kershaw is going to start you off with a fastball strike so go after it no i mean it, i think every batter will have its own uh, philosophy on how to attack them but yes overall i would say that it would it make plenty of sense to try to attack them early i mean that's really your only chance against kershaw and it has shown to work so um that's the route i would go is you know uh go after, put your bat on the ball and see what happens because he's not totally unhittable. Um, it, I think once you get beyond the first couple of pitches and he's got you where he wants to, or he's ahead in the count, that's when you're in trouble because then he's not, he's going to make you hit his pitch. He's going to, you know, so again, he's not going to walk guys. So, you know, you're not going to be able to put together, you know, a six, seven pitch at bat against him. It's just not happening. So, so, you key on a pitch from the first two pitches and if you get it you go you go after it that's my opinion but
1: yeah I would I would agree with that philosophy especially in the playoffs only because um you know if it's the regular season uh maybe Kershaw only out there for 100 pitches but um you know in the playoffs if he's pitching his game uh there's no reason to take him out he could throw 150 I don't care like I want Kershaw in there if I'm the Dodgers
0: yeah yeah <laughs> If you're a Brewers, you want them out, obviously. But
1: I don't know. I think I think we can get
0: to them, and I think we can hang with them, set play playing. We'll see. Obviously, we don't have a pitcher of that caliber, especially in the starting rotation, but they also don't have a Josh Hader type. So it's one of those things where that beginning part of the game is really important for our offense, and the later part of the game is going to be more important for their offense. And, and just the way the teams are built, are kind of opposite Um but I I really don't think the batters are a better team than us. And in fact, they didn't win as many games this year as us. So that in and of itself shows who the better team is, and that's the Milwaukee Brewers.
1: Yeah, they, um, they definitely got off to a slow start, but when you think about it, they really had to kind of catch uh, a little bit of fire at the end. And, um, you know, unfortunately, uh, the Diamondbacks swooned a little bit the second half, especially in September, but, um, The Rockies and and Dodgers were both hanging around, and uh, again, I mean, obviously it was just like us and the Cubs. It it literally came down to, you know, one game to determine the division, and, uh, you know, because of that, uh, the Dodgers got a little bit easier road, and here we are playing each other.
0: Yeah. Like I said, I would still be confident if the Dodgers had a home field in this in this um series just because of the, m- the momentum the brewers have but the fact that the brewers do have that home field advantage if it especially comes down to game six or seven it is going to be huge um and we'll see what happens but it should be a great series for sure uh, um definitely definitely um expect you to probably take that ride out with, to, to la to maybe see some Brewers games or fly them back to milwaukee um game six and seven, maybe, Scott, I guess we'll have to play that by ear. Otherwise, I guess we'll see you, see you somewhere near the front row for the World Series games because that's where we're going.
1: Yeah, let's hope so. I don't know that I can afford anywhere near the front row, but maybe the front row of the fourth
0: funnel. I'm not sure that you can afford that either, actually, or maybe be able to uh, have
1: that opportunity. One of those obstructed view terrace boxes.
0: Yeah, that's possible.
1: <laughs> anyway, uh, so unfortunately, Vince wasn't able to join us.
0: Uh, I'm sure he, he would have a lot to uh, contribute to this conversation as well, even though he is a, a Yankee slash Dodger fan uh, when he's not rooting for the Brewers. Um, so I'm sure he's pretty happy with this matchup, too. But um, as Vince were here, I'm sure he's, he's confident the Brewers are going to take this series uh, much of a problem as well. So. I don't want to speak for him, but he seemed very confident in the, the Brewers at this point. So,
1: yeah, if um, you know if if the Brewers don't wind up winning the World Series, I'm rooting for no one because I mean, when you look at it, you have the reigning World Champs in Houston, and then you have storied franchises of Boston and L.A. Not really interested in any of those teams getting another ring.
0: Yeah, and I guess looking to our next podcast where we'll be doing our World Series preview, Um, and will obviously, we'll be talking about a preview of the Brewers versus either the Red Sox or the Astros where they wouldn't, they would not have home field advantage for the World Series. However, um if you had to quote unquote pick your Fly's in India or our friends over either those, Kimi, the uh, reigning World Series champ Houston Astros or the juggernaut, uh, Was it 108 win uh, Boston Red Sox of this year?
1: I'm not rooting for anything. I don't even want to think about it. Gross. <laughs> I mean,
0: yeah. I, don't I mean, if I don't you really... really,
1: if you put a gun to my head, I'd say pull the trigger. No, I'd say. Um, I mean, I guess Houston. Um, just because. I mean, it's kind of nice that they. You know built together like a good franchise by drafting high after years of mediocrity. And I, I guess,
0: I don't know. Well, yeah, it would be a good story also with Stearns being a former member of their front office and um, getting, coming back to bring his team all the way to the World Series and possibly get him the first World Series championship ever. Also, with the Astros winning it last year, I don't believe they'll really be quite as hungry not that they wouldn't be, but also the Astros are kind of built. Well, we can talk about this next episode, I'm sure, but I mean, the Astros have five great starting pitchers. They're built kind of to win in the regular season. When it comes to the playoffs, really only three, possibly four of those started to really factor in, uh, obviously as starters. So, um, their bullpen's not that great. Um, they trade, had to trade for a closer who was a white eater. or whatever so i don't (laughs) i don't have particular respect for that move and i I don't know i think that their their offense is obviously incredible but i think that'd be a great series brewers versus astros but we'll talk about that our next podcast where we'll be doing our world series preview um at that point so hopefully you guys remember to tune in um other than that i don't know if you're there any other predictions or things you want to say about the Milwaukee Brewers, but it's been an unbelievable ride and I'm looking forward to uh going to George Rebson Saturday morning, getting some free hamburgers as we kick off the NLCS of the win, hopefully. And wow, just unbelievable think that's been 31 years since we've even won 11 games in a row. And here we are. So,
1: yeah by the way, I guess I should definitely like uh throw this out there i suppose um you know of course, email us at whatever our thing is. I don't know um <laughs> twitter is Brewerview,
0: Brewerview podcast at gmail dot com
1: oh yeah, that's the one otherwise i mean obviously it's right there on uh, the front of our the podcast that you're looking at or whatever it is so um on youtube, so that's a big part of it, but otherwise uh what is it? Uh, Brewerview1. Uh,
0: that's
1: our uh, Twitter handle. If you um, have any, like, fan reactions to being at any of those Rockies games, uh, otherwise great fan reactions of uh, wins, you know, in the future here against the Dodgers and hopefully in the World Series as well, uh, definitely send those our way. Um, hopefully we win 12 in a row, and if we do, I want to see a lot of uh, – we're going to start up a thread just where everyone can post their pictures of uh, them crushing uh, George Webb Hammers. So should be uh, pretty interesting, but we'll see what we can do with some of that footage. I'm sure we can, uh, between the two of us, we could put together uh, some interesting videos. And
0: Scott, if that happens, I will um, mail you out your free burger. I'll see you in Las Vegas. I also be sending out to a free burger to, one of George Rubens' biggest fans and Brook Review's biggest fans also, and that would be Private Detective Mark Antoniak. He loves George Rubens' burgers, and he always really gets excited when the Brewers score those five runs in a regular season because he gets five for five the next day. And he's going to be really pumped about this. He's been waiting uh at least half his life um for the Brewers to get these free hamburgers again. So he's going to be pretty pumped. I guess that wraps it up, Scott. Pretty pumped about this possibility of getting to the world series for wasn't and i mean one guy that i'm really happy for i know you're a huge fan of is bob uecker seeing him celebrate in the clubhouse with these guys uh pretty pretty awesome keeping that guy young and would love for the brewers to bring home a world series trophy well he's still amongst us so um been Absolutely. listening to him on the radio ever since i was a small child like next to my clock radio and. Having him serenade me to sleep every night, as the Brewers typically lost back then. But anyway, um, still pretty awesome.
1: That's right. Um, our inside source, Tom Carter, said that uh, he uh, said that uh, he bumped into Uke, and Yuke was absolutely pumped about it. Uh, just couldn't be happier. Uh, said he looked like a kid on Christmas. So, thanks, Tom Carter. Uh, really appreciate that.
0: Alright, TC is not gonna be giving us these stories anymore if you anyway. What can you do? So Alright, go brewers and stay classy, Milwaukee. Go brewers. <sighs>